Well, turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. Proverbs 14, verse 4 is what we're going to be looking at this morning. If you're not as familiar with the Bible, you just take your Bible in the middle, split it open in the middle there. You should be somewhere around the Psalms and go one more, one more book over and you'll be the book of Proverbs and turn to chapter 14, verse 4. Well, many of you know that New Hope is starting a, another new church over in Southlands Falls. And part of my responsibility as the pastor of the, quote, mother church is to serve as a mentor to our church planner, to pray for him, to pray with him, to help him, to encourage him, to be here, to support him in any way that I possibly can as they're getting that church started. Well, not long ago, we were spending some time thinking through some things, and I was just trying to, to help him and working through some things. And, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff that you have to do in, in starting a church that a lot of people are never aware of, and some of it's not so fun. Things like insurance and medical forms and taxes and all this kind of stuff that, that really is not the reason that God called him. I mean, he did not call him to come and to work on administrative and taxes and insurance and all those kind of things, but... In the world that we live in, we have to deal with those things. We have to be aware of those things. And so, as we're starting a church, part of our responsibility is to help our daughter church with those kind of things. So, while we're working on those things, I realize that it's not the most exciting thing in the world for a pastor to think about. So, I sent him an email about some of those details. And with that email, I included Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. And that verse says this, Where no oxen are, the manger is clean but much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. This is a verse that I want to talk about with you here this morning. This is a verse that some of you have heard me share before several years ago, and there's, there's a couple of reasons that I'm sharing it again today. First of all, as many of you know, this is the first weekend that New Hope is expanding to a third worship service on Saturday nights. And I believe as we expand in that way and many other key ways that the principle that's found in Proverbs 14.4 is very important for us to think about as a church family. But bigger than that, I believe, I believe the Lord has laid this message on my heart for a, for a larger purpose. You see, I really believe that God wants to challenge many of us, whether it's in the context of being a part of a growing church family or whether it's related to our own individual lives, that God would challenge us with a key question, with a key principle that probably all of us need to think about on some level in our lives. And that question is this, is growing worth the trouble? Is growing worth the trouble? Every week in my life, on some level or another, I see this question come up. Either personally in my life, or as I deal with other people, or as we work together in God's family. And I'm glad to be able to share with you this morning that this is addressed in God's Word. Just write down this reference, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Ephesians 4, verses 14 through 16, and many other verses clearly indicate that God desires for us to grow. Now, sometimes people think, well, that's just a distinctive of this church or that's just an emphasis that you have. But I believe that it ought to be a distinctive of any Christian's life and of any church's life that God has called us to move forward in our relationship with Him. But growing, period, on whatever level, can be a lot of trouble. And we've got to decide as individuals and even as a group is it worth it? Do I want to move forward with God? Or would I just rather stay 
right where I am? Would I rather be comfortable? Do I value satisfaction and comfort and familiarity or do I value moving ahead with God? Well, I want to look at Proverbs 14.4 and answer this question this morning. Is growing worth the trouble? Again, he says, where no oxen are, the manger is clean. First of all, I believe God tells us in these verses that, you know, we have a sense, and that sense is true, not growing is easier, amen? <laughs> not growing sometimes is easier. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody talk about core values. Sometimes if you're in the business world, you hear people talk about core values. What are core values? They mean what's important to you as an organization or as an individual. They're kind of bottom dollars. They're, they're thoughts or attitudes that you have that you may realize or maybe they're more subtle, but they really influence probably everything, every area of your life in some way. Now, based upon my experiences in my own life and dealing with other people, I believe that many people today have developed a core value, a bottom dollar of safety, of security. And I think there are two main reasons for that. The first one is laziness. <laughs> now, we're not going to deal with laziness much today, but, but the fact is some of us, some people have chosen not to grow. Some people have just decided, I'm not going any farther with God and his plan for my life. They just don't want to. Now, I, I will point out to you before we move on, we need to be aware that that kind of goes beyond laziness and actually is getting to the point of disobedience. <laughs> if God calls us to do something and we just say, I'm not going to do it, that's, that's pretty serious. But the other reason, not just laziness, but protection. You see, we live in what appears to be, we perceive as a very unstable world, Right? And we've been hurt so much already that many of us have just said, I would rather just play it safe in life. I would, rather, I would rather just stay where I am. It would be easier, it would be cleaner, it would be safer in a lot of ways, even if right now my life is not very good. Have you ever known anybody that their life really stunk, but they were glad to stay there? because that was comfortable, because that was familiar to them, because that's what they knew, and because it might be a little trouble for them to be challenged and to move forward in some ways. It makes me think about the children of Israel. I mean, God called them out of slavery in Egypt. They were slaves, and God delivered them from that. And God was taking them to this place called the Promised Land, which a lot of people take as a picture of heaven. I don't really believe it was so much a picture of heaven. Ultimately, it's a picture of heaven. But I believe that it was more specifically a picture of the life that God intended for us to experience here on this earth as we walk with Him. And the reason for that is because on the way to the Promised Land, on the way to experiencing God's blessings, they were going to have a lot of obstacles. They were going to have a lot of struggles to have to face. And they were going to have a God who was going to back them up. He was going to go before them, go behind them, be around them. He was going to take care of every struggle they faced if they would trust Him. And if they trusted Him, He was going to give them an incredible experience of walking with Him. But when some of the people got to those challenges, let me, show, let me read to you Exodus 14, verse 11. It says, Then they said to Moses, their leader, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? This was on a thank you note they were sending to their, their fearless leader. <laughs> Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt? Now listen, now they're going to say, We told you so. We told you we shouldn't have left. We told you in Egypt, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. 
When they, when they came to that point, as they were on their way, God had promised them to take them to the promised land. As they were moving forward to that, they said, you know what? <laughs> We'd rather go back to slavery than to move forward with what God is calling us to do. The Bible tells us here in Proverbs 14, 4, the first part of this verse, deciding not to grow forward in your life is an option. That is a way to go. It says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Where, where there's no cattle, the, the manger's clean. You say, Rob, what are you talking about? I don't own livestock. What does this have to do with my life? Well, well, God's Word is using farming imagery to teach us a principle for our lives. And let's, let's bring that down to a point where we can kind of picture it. What is God saying here? Well, if you bought a piece of property and you said, I'd like to have a farm. You bought a piece of property, nice spread there. You built you a nice farmhouse. You built you a barn and a fence. and Oh, man, I mean, you just had this picture-perfect, nice-looking farm. It's something you put on a postcard. And you know what? You could keep it like that. It could be nicely painted, and it could be all nice and clean and tidy. Do you know how you'd keep it that way? Don't buy any animals. Don't go get you any cows. Don't get any of those chickens. I'm telling you, they stink. Don't get any sheep or goats or, or anything like that. Don't put them in that barn. Don't put them in that fence. You see, you could have all the form. You could have all the appearance of a farm. All you need to do is keep out all those dirty, stinky animals. And it'll be nice and clean and safe. Now I want to think about that for just a second. I don't know how many of you used to watch uh, uh, Little House on the Prairie. But if, if, if Charles Ingalls came to your house and you said, Charles, I'd like to show you my farm, do you think he'd say that was much of a farm? <laughs> he'd probably say, this ain't a farm. A farm is supposed to have animals. That's the purpose of a farm. It's not to look good, not to take pictures and put on postcards, but it's supposed to be for animals. Let me get a little more specific with us. You could accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, as many of you have in this room. You could be baptized, publicly declaring your faith in Him. You could become a member of this church family. You could even get a little bit involved and look like a good little Christian. But some of us who have done that know good and well that we have not really put our heart into it. We haven't really let anyone get to know us. And we haven't really gotten involved really in a way that we know them and they know us in the lives of other people. And you know why we don't sometimes? It's because it's safer, isn't it? It's cleaner that way. It's easier. It really is easier sometimes just to not go there. For others of us, let's take it in a different direction. Some of us have some personal issues that we know God is wanting to deal with. But they are buried way down, aren't they? And, and, and maybe you've allowed God some do th- to do some things in your lives and, and, and He's changed some things in your life and, and you're kind of using that as, well, I'm letting God work, but you know that you're keeping God at a distance in that area. You know that maybe you're keeping others at a distance from getting involved and, and letting God work in that area. There are certain areas that you've decided no one is going, not even God. It's just easier. I don't feel like messing with it. It would be a lot cleaner if I don't go there. There are some of us today who've made a decision. We've decided that it's easier not to grow. And God's Word is affirming that to some extent, your sense is right. You can buy that farm. It can stay nicely painted. The fence will never need mending. It'll be nice and clean. You can live your life that way. 
You can have the form and the appearance, but decide not to go any further with God's purpose. But God tells us in the second part of this verse, though, something else. He says, growing is messy, but it brings more blessing. Where no oxen are, the manger is clean. You don't have any kids, you don't have to pick up toys, do you? But much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. Now, let's go back to that. Where there are no oxen, the feeding trough, the manger is clean. That word clean means clear or pure. It's untainted. I mean, you can say, I have got a mint condition feeding trough. There it is, right there. It's never been used before. If you have no oxen, you don't have to bail hay. If you have no oxen, you don't have to get up early to feed the ox. You don't have to clean up his messes. You don't have to repair the stable or the manger or the fences. You don't have to nurse that ox when it gets sick. You don't have to worry about cleaning the feed, the food trough. All that sounds good to me, amen? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a nice farm. <laughs> I mean, it's the easiest farm you've ever seen. So why would anybody, why would you buy an ox? You go next door to your neighbor farmer and say, why are you doing all that animal stuff? You can have a nice barn. Well, the word for clean can also mean empty. To let that sink in for just a minute. I can have a safe life, but it could also likely be an empty life. God's word says much or abundant or great increase, great produce, great yield will come from the strength of that messy ox. Someone has said the ox was a strong animal. In fact, he was the tractor and the sedan of the families in that day. They used the ox to plow their fields and to ride to the market. In other words, the ox was absolutely critical to the function of a normal household. So here's the point. The disadvantage of having oxen would be far outweighed by the advantage of having him in your stable. Because what would that ox do? He would plow for you. He would pull heavier loads for you. He would save your strength because you need to focus on your time and energy in ways that would allow you to expand your efforts as a farmer. Not just to get by, not just to do your work, but to, to be productive in a great way. He was there to share the load of the responsibility to help your life tremendously. I want to make you a promise. I promise you, moving forward with God will bring you as an individual, it will bring us as a church family, it will, it already has, and it will in the future, in our family as a church and in your life as an individual will bring more challenges. I can promise you there will be things that you and I as individuals or or together are going to have to think about, are going to have to deal with, that you know what, we wouldn't have had to do if we had decided just to stop and not move forward with God's plan for our lives. Spiritual growth, spiritual service is messy. It's time-consuming. Amen, it's hard work many times. In fact, at New Hope, we've had people bail out because of they, they, they liked being a part of God's work, and they liked where God had brought them to a certain point, but then they hit a wall. God began to challenge them in ways they had never been challenged before or maybe some things that had been hidden deep down in their lives and God was beginning to bring that to light and, and they got scared of that and they thought, I don't want to deal with those things or I don't want to go there. I'm not, I don't want to do that. And I imagine to some degree that was easier. But it breaks my heart to sense that maybe they missed going somewhere they had never been before with God. Some of us, even right now in this room, are limiting our spiritual growth, aren't we? 
Some of us are putting a cap on what we are allowing God to do in our lives. You know why? For some of us, it's past church experiences. Now, when people come into our church family from other church families, I challenge them, can you leave all that baggage, good and bad, at the door? Can you do that? Now, we are the person, the experiences that we, we are. That's part of what makes up who we are. But to some extent, we can, we can hurt the ability for God to move, for, move us forward because of old experiences, whether it's church experiences or life experiences. Maybe it's hurts and pains that you felt many years ago. And those things may have caused you to be skeptical. They may have even caused you to go to the point of being cynical. They've made you critical. They've made you be untrusting or maybe even unwilling. And that's back to that disobedience thing again. I'm just not willing to do that. But the point here is that you're right. You're right in a sense. Where God is leading you could be very messy. In fact, I'm going to probably say it will be. Getting your heart connected could bring more hurt. You are taking a risk in some ways. It would in some sense be safer to hold back, to keep your distance. But according to God's Word, what you will lose with that decision far outweighs what you risk by growing or moving ahead. God says it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, that ox is messy. I mean, I'd just rather not have one. But man, I sure do need some help plowing. (laughs) I sure could use some help pulling that load. I sure could use a ride on the way to town instead of me walking all the way. Hmm. What am I going to do? Ox or no ox? For some of us, some of you have taken a huge step. You know how? Some of you have never been to church. Or maybe some of you uh, have just started coming back to church. Maybe there's somebody here today that this is the first time you've been in church in years. And, And for you, that was a huge initial step. But you would say, you know what? Giving my heart to Jesus, receiving Christ as my Savior... This whole being saved thing that you talk about? (laughs) Wait just a minute. Give me some credit. I came, all right? But I can't go that far. That's too complicated. I'm not sure I can handle that. No, you'd say, thanks for asking, but I will stay right here. My friend, can I share something with you? We will never uh, put our finger in anybody's face and say, why aren't you doing this or why aren't you doing that and, or force anybody or anything like that, put anybody on the spot. But can I just say as God's servant, based upon His Word, may I just be the Lord's servant to challenge you? You've got to ask God where you are in your relationship with Him. But ultimately, the step, the next step that God wants you to take, if you have not already, is receiving Him as your Savior. You say, that, that could be a lot of trouble. I, I may have to explain some things. or and People, you know, I don't, I don't know where that's going to take me in life. Well, I can tell you where it's going to take you. It's going to take you to heaven forever. <laughs> and so the risk that you take by all the stuff that may happen by identifying with Jesus Christ is far outweighed by the advantages of walking with God every day, of having your sins forgiven, of knowing you're going to heaven to spend forever with God. I mean, that's, that, that's as far outweighs it. I can tell you a personal testimony. Some of us have taken that step, but we're not really sure about this going public thing. I'm talking about baptism. All right, now, at the end of a service a couple weeks ago, I prayed and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But but that's between me and him. <laughs> I, I'm not planning on standing up in front of all you guys and say anything. I mean, you might wear your religion on your sleeve, but you know, for me, it's a private thing. But you know what I've learned from God's Word? God's work in our heart is a very personal thing, but He never intended for it to be private. 
He never intended for it to be kept between you and him. Now, again, we're not going to put our finger on anybody and make you do anything, but I want to be God's servant to challenge you. If you have received Christ as your Savior, if you're on the team, put on your jersey. Amen? I mean, let everybody know I'm on the team and I'm not ashamed. Put on your wedding ring, as somebody said. You know what? I'm married whether I have this ring or not, but you think Shannon might be a little upset if I take it off? Why? Because it symbolizes that I am committed to her, that she is my wife. That's what baptism is. I want to challenge you to grow forward. Go ahead. I know it's going to be messy. You, you stand up here and get dunked in a pool of water in a church like this, you're going to have some family saying, uh-oh, <laughs> Robbie's going wacko. <laughs> you know, he's getting a little strange. You know, We thought we knew him, but he's getting a little weird. Yeah, it's going to be a little trouble. It's like that ox. You're going to have to clean up some messes. But I'm going to tell you, obeying God, following Him step by step, far outweighs any of those messes. Some of us have done all the right things. You say, I've accepted Christ. I've been baptized. I've even become a part of this church family. But friends, I want to challenge you. Maybe you've done all the right things. You have the appearance. Your farm is nice. I mean, we might take pictures of your farm and say, look at this person. They've got the perfect farm. But if we dug in a little deeper and went inside your barn, there might not be a lot there. You haven't really invested. You know, you haven't moved forward. You haven't given your heart in community with other people. On the surface, yeah, maybe you're walking with God, but you know that God is calling you to invest further, to go, to go further in your walk with Him. You know what? Some of us here this morning have done all of that. And maybe we're in danger of saying, I've been there, I've done that. I, I've, I've accepted the Lord. I've moved forward with Him. I've served Him. But you know what? God's got new plans for you. God's, you know what? Every day that you wake up, you are on a journey with God. And I don't care if you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years, if you've been walking with Him for five minutes, you ought to be excited that God has a plan for your life this day. And it's probably, it may have something to do. In fact, I would imagine, unless He shows you different, it may have a lot to do with what He's done in your life in the past. He's not going to throw away all those that equipping and that training and those experiences. He'll probably use that in some way. But don't limit Him by that. God might be calling you to step it up. Maybe you've gotten involved and He's wanting you to be a leader now. Or maybe you've, you've been comfortable with certain areas and God's saying, I've got something totally different for you. Man, I was just tickle pink in North Carolina about eight years ago. And all of a sudden, I was in a worship service and I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not here anymore, am I, Lord? You're calling me out of this. I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't expecting that. But can I just tell you something? I am so glad that God gave me that. My life, my family will be forever changed because of you, because of this church family. And yeah, there's been some challenges with that. But you know what? The blessings God has done in my life and the lives of others far outweighs any ox that I've had to clean up after. Amen? God may be calling some of you out of this church family. God may be in the future as we start a new church. Some of you, just like some have done with Southland's Father, may feel called to help that church get started. You know what? I believe that God is going to call missionaries out of this church. He already has Jeff and Jessica Gordon. They're in Mexico right now getting ready to go to Thailand. Those are New Hope people. They're our people. We are their sending church. They consider us their home church. Our people are going to Thailand. I wish they could still be here, don't you? I love them. I miss them. But you know what? God was calling them to grow. God is growing His kingdom through them. And Thailand, I am convinced, will be different because of Jeff and Jessica Gordon. I miss them. Growing's a lot of trouble. 
It costs a lot of money for them to get to Mexico and then to get to Thailand and all these different things they're doing, but it's worth it. Someone in our church family once told me this, the only way you can coast is downhill. Amen? <laughs> I mean, if you're in, uh, if you're in uh, autopilot right now, if you've got cruise control on, if you've put it in neutral, the only way you're going to get anywhere like that is going downhill. Do you hear the heart of God? No matter where you are in your spiritual walk, God is calling you to grow. Growing is God's will for us. He says that in several passages. I want to read to you Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, and Philippians chapter uh, 3, verses 14 through 15. Hebrews 3, verses 14 and 15 say this. It says, Paul, one of the greatest Christians who, at least as far as we can tell from the outside looking in, one of the greatest Christians who ever lived, he said this, I press on. I mean, Paul, if anybody, could have coasted. He could have said, hey, I'm on the A-team. I'm way out front and the rest of you guys, I'm going to sit down and wait for y'all to catch up with me. You know what Paul said? No matter how far I've gone in my spiritual walk, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul never let up in moving forward with God. No matter where you are in your spiritual walk, there is more room for you to move forward with God, for you to grow in Him. And Paul said in verse 15, Let us therefore, as many as are perfect or complete or mature, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you also. That was a way of him saying, (laughs) You're going to see it this way too if you love the Lord. And if you don't, I'm going to pray for you. That's what Paul is saying. You and I need to have an attitude of, I want to keep pressing on in the Hebrews 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38, the Lord says, But my righteous one, the just, shall live by faith, by trusting in God. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. He says in verse 39, But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the, pers- to the preserving of the soul. You see, the Bible says God has called us to be a people who walk by faith. That means we're going to have to go places that we've never been before. We're going to have to trust God for things that we've never seen before. We're going to have to allow God to do things in our lives that are not a part of our past experience. You can call that faith, you can call that growth, whatever you want to call it. Jesus is out front and he's calling you, come and follow me. So I want to challenge you to examine your heart today. And I want to ask you to ask yourself these questions. Am I allowing God to grow me right now? Are you allowing Jesus Christ to do his work in your heart right now? Let me ask you this. Are there places that God is calling you as an individual? Or are there places that you sense He's calling us as a church family that if you were honest, now you'd never stand up and say this maybe, but if you were honest, you would say, I am not willing to go there. I'd rather not mess with it. Amen? Anybody ever feel like that? I mean, let's just be honest. Do you ever feel like I'd rather not mess with it? I do. I'll be the one to stand up, okay? If you won't, I will. Sometimes I say, I'd rather not mess with it. If you were really honest right now, would you say you'd rather have no oxen than to deal with the messes they're going to bring in the barn? As you're growing, do you tend to focus on the messes and you bow up to them? Or listen, do you just have a realistic approach to it? Do you realize that, hey, if I'm going to move forward with God, I better expect there's going to be some hassle. (laughs) There's going to be some messes. I'm going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some discomfort. I'm going to go places that aren't familiar to me. 
that, that I don't feel, that I feel a little bit out of place. Now, that's not to say that God's always got a little feather on your nose tickling you trying to irritate your life, okay? That's not what we're saying. That's very fulfilling, amen? Much revenue comes, much yield, much increase, much joy, much blessing comes by the strength of that ox. That's the point. Some of us have hit a wall, haven't we? Some of us are at a turning point. We're at a point of decision. It's time for some of us to receive God's gift of salvation. It's time for some of us to admit that we've received it and to go public with that. It's time for some of us to commit to the rest of the group, to get involved in community with other people. It's time for some of us to start serving. It's time for some of us to start serving again. It's time for some of us to start serving in new ways that we've never ventured out into before. It's time for some of us to deal with some core issues in our life that really, even though we've allowed God to work, there's some things there that we just have rather not dealt with so far. But God is dealing with that. It's going to be different. It may not be as easy as what you know. It's going to feel a little unsure at first, but I want to challenge you. If you know God is calling you to grow in some area of your life, I want to challenge you to trust Him today. The Bible says in the book of Wisdom, the book of Proverbs, you're right, I'm right. Where no oxen are, the manger is clean. But much profit, much increase, much revenue comes by the strength of that ox. How is God calling you to open up the barn door and to let some things into your life that you sense and you're probably right about may be a little tricky, may be a little unsure, may be animals you've never cared for before. (laughs) But it's worth it for what God wants to do in and through your life. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I miss that I like being comfortable. That I like getting to a place that I'm familiar with and operating in that realm. But Lord Jesus, your word says in Romans 14 that whatever is not of faith is sin. And we just read in Hebrews 10 that the righteous, those who truly know God, will live by faith. There will be a consistent pattern about our lives that we will trust you for things that we cannot see ourselves. God, that we'll grow, that we'll move forward, that we'll allow you to work in those areas that you're calling us to move forward in. Dear Jesus, I pray that every person in this room will just have an image in their heart and their mind this morning of you being out in front of their lives and you turning around and you waving them forward and calling them come and follow me come and follow me God you know how hard that is for us so I pray that you'd give us the courage to take that first step Lord it'd be so easy in a church like ours for people to hide out for people to get to a certain point and and kind of just let people feel like lives are okay and not deal with some things but God ultimately we don't give an account to one another in some sense we do but ultimately we give an account to you God 
If there's somebody here today that you're calling for, and I pray that they would trust you. Lord, especially, is there somebody here today that it just is absolutely scary for them to consider receiving you as their Savior, but they know without a doubt that that's what they need to do. And I pray that they would just, by faith, trust you right now. They would call upon your name. They would say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I have failed you. I know that I've taken some wrong directions in my life, that I've sinned against you. But I thank you that you died on the cross for me, that you were buried, that you rose again and won the victory over my sin. And I invite you to come into my life and to wash my sin away. I want to turn away from doing things my way, and I want to do them your way. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. And I want to go to heaven one day and be with you forever. God, that's an incredible step for someone to take, but it makes all the difference in eternity. For those that do know you today, God, you're calling them. If they're still alive and breathing on planet Earth today, you've still got plans for them. You're wanting to go somewhere in their life, and I pray in these next few moments, wherever that is today, that they would take that step in Jesus' name. Amen. Nobody ever said this thing called uh, following Jesus was easy, did they? But you know what I'm thankful for? First of all, is there anybody here that's done that perfectly? Anybody here, every time he's waved you forward, jumped right up? Just like your kids, right? (laughs) More times than not, we haven't, right? And you know what the Bible does say, that that puts us in a kind of a dangerous spot. That means we're separated from God. God deserves absolute allegiance, and none of us have given that. That's why we need a Savior. We need a fresh starting point. We need new life put into us through Christ. If you need to do that today, why don't you take that step? You know what this problem of being a Christian is that God has given us that forgiveness, but we still have that sin problem (laughs) popping up, don't we? You know what the enemy wants to beat you up over that? You know what God's all about? I'm learning more and more. God is all about today forward. Today is the day, God says in His Word, to respond to Him. You say, I've been saying no to God. He's passed me by. If your heart is open, if God is speaking to your heart, He hasn't passed you by. Take the opportunity and respond. Don't take it for granted. If God is speaking to you in a way today, take that. Accept that. Receive that. Respond to that. That is a blessing from Him because He's the one who initiates His work in our lives. So would you recognize it and would you receive it? Whatever that is.